Warning. While Stephanie Meyer may have written Twilight for children and young adults, Twilight, a literary podcast, contains adult content. If that kind of stuff isn't your speed, feel free to stop here. Everyone else, please sit back and enjoy our explicit podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to Twilight, a literary deep dive into the blood-sucking skin sparkling lore of the Twilight. From a lifelong fan. And a first-time reader. Join us as we try to answer the question, does, does it, it suck? You're It's New York. I kind of like that. It's New York, baby. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. I had a, uh, last time I went to New York, I had a great, just peak New York experience. <laughs> what was that? We were walking, me and my friend were walking past this like uh, construction site, which if you've been to New York, everywhere is a construction site. Hey, it's a fast growing city. It's a fast growing city. Not really right now. Oh, yeah. Um, unless, unless you're in the mortuary business. Hey, oh, come on. Anyways, we were walking past this construction uh, site, and, like, this group of, like, high school kids was also walking past, and this fucking gross-ass construction worker was like, hey, hey, how you doing, girl? And then she's like, ah, you see her look at me? She likes a construction worker. Oh, my God. And I was like, he had more of an actual New York accent than I'm doing, but it was like, <laughs> ah, it's the big city. The big city. It's creepy. Well, I love that story. Spencer, by the way, guys, I'm Jessica, and that is my co-host. me. Spencey Boing. That's right. It's me. And, and this is Twilight. Yeah, this is Twilight, the podcast. Um, last week, you guys probably listened to our first episode of New Moon. Um, this week, we're coming at you with the next three chapters, and I just got to say, Spence, I am very excited. Big chapters. Yeah. Especially three. Yes. It's... Uh, a lot's happening. It's a lot happening. Why don't we just get right into it? Yeah. Start out with chapter three, the end. What a great chapter title. Well, it'd be better if it came at the end of the book. I know. Misleading. I'm just kidding. I, no, no it's great. Lo- I love title. that. It's yeah. ominous. Yeah. Bella wakes up with a burning pain in her arm and a sense of dread gnawing at the back of her mind. She meets up with Edward at school as usual, but something about him is off. His expression is cold and he barely speaks. Alice is absent at lunch, and we learn that she has gone to stay with Jasper somewhere out of town. Bella feels guilty for running them out of their own home, a feeling only made worse when Edward continues his aloof behavior. Mm. She asks Edward to come over after work, and he reluctantly agrees. She holds herself together long enough to leave the parking lot, but panic soon sets in as she fears that their relationship may have permanently been damaged. Okay, so two things about that. Um, One, how strange it is that Edward forgets something. I feel like he should have, he's been very distracted. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's, I think that really shows. Yeah, he's, Cause he's out of character on top in like of every way. Shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to just that fear and that anxiety is just so real here. It's so well yeah. described. And then actually, uh, during my <laughs> several rereads of the series, mm-hmm. I, I would often either skip like this part of the book or even skip the whole book altogether just because it was like too raw it was too real like i couldn't come back and read this since then lately it's been the only one that i read or like Mm -hmm. one of my favorites yeah um but that's because i'm wanting that hurt you know yeah she does and i don't see there you don't see this in a lot of books but that almost a feeling that's worse than the breakup is that waiting for it to happen as you know the other person's yeah, like that anticipation and you just you feel it's over you feel like it's <sighs> it's just, just dread. not working and you're trying to kind of work through it but you know in the back of your mind like oh, <sighs> something 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 essential has been damaged here and it's not going to be repaired and just waiting for the other person to drop the ball is ugh, it's so fucking bad. awful dude yeah she does a really great job it took me right back to all those awful feelings <laughs> i know uh, after a few rereads, so you, 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 you can you can pass by it. Um, Thank God I got booze now. <laughs> yeah. She'll always be there for you. So 
Bella composes herself long enough to make it through work. Which on that topic, having to go to like a shit job <laughs> while you're real. feeling this is just a fucking nightmare. Dude. Worse. So true. So true. But it and it's weird because you're like, why is life still going on right now? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like you just you especially usually you know, in high school, you're working like a retail job and you're yeah. just having to deal with all these people and they have no idea what you're going through and it's just all bullshit. It is. It. It it's is. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> Great job. Good Stephanie job, Meyer. Meyer. <laughs> but she comes home to a very strange sight. Uh, inside, Edward and Daddy Swan are staring blankly at the TV, uh, leaving Bella to sit alone in the kitchen wondering what the fuck is happening right now. Yeah, so this was... Oh, God, one of your hair is like... In between my teeth. Oh, God. <laughs> <This is> awful. <clears throat> yeah, this was so weird, and they were so out of character for both of them, really. Like, Daddy Swan, like, not mm-hmm. watching TV, but, like, kind of ignoring Belle. I thought they were, like, possessed. Or, well, like, something happened to him, like, so psychically. So, I think that's Daddy Swan's normal behavior. He was, like, into the game, but it was weird that it was the two of them together, and so that made it uncomfortable, and then, like, Edward but, like, still stayed watching it. I don't know. I think he'd say something, like, about Edward doing it too i don't know it's just i literally thought they were like being like weirdly mind controlled or something where they're zombies or like sleepwalking or something it was like weird i was like this something's going on here yeah but no edward's just being a huge asshole Mm. why even go over you know he doesn't like sports we're about to find out why he's going over bella goes over the possibilities in her head to come up with the worst case scenario she comes to the conclusion that Edward is acting so strange because he's going to ask her, bless her little, oh. God bless her. Bless, bless her, her heart. heart. <laughs> she comes to the conclusion that uh, he's going to ask her to run away with him so she can be safe from his family. Bella, you piece of <laughs> My shit. My sweet dumb. summer child. You're so stupid. <laughs> That's the worst thing possible outcome. <laughs> And already completely accepting this new reality, Bella realizes she should have something to remember Forks by before she leaves it forever. She's just all in. She's like, it, it can't get worse than this. I mean, that. what else could it be? <laughs> just, you dumb idiot. Uh, she takes the scrapbook and camera she got for her birthday and gets... Uh, and gets uh, she takes the scrapbook and camera she got for her birthday and gets to filling it in. First with shots of her room, which must be just incredibly terrible. Oh, yeah. What a more boring picture could there be? <laughs> then awkwardly forced pictures with Edward and Daddy Swan. Oh, yeah. That was miserable. an interesting thing there. Because Daddy Swan was being like a dick the whole time. That's why I also well, he probably I just did, He probably didn't like his picture being taken like no. how Bella doesn't like her picture being taken. That's fair, but still it's weird. <laughs> the next day, Edward is still acting strange, but he asks to come over that night, offering up his signature, but clearly forced, crooked smile. Oh. <sighs> So, I think you got to get that fixed by now. Yeah. Um, at the house, Edward asks to take a walk. Never a good sign. Don't follow a man into the woods ever. No matter how attractive he is. Remember, Ted Bundy. For real. Ted Bundy could play Edward Cullen. I mean, not that I'm victim shaming, but this let this serve to remind everybody. Don't ever go into the woods with a Don't man. Do it. Even if you know and love that man, because he might just dump you and leave you behind. But then Bella does make it a problem when it didn't have to be. But anyways. Okay. We'll (laughs) We'll get get to it. (laughs) So Edward leaves Bella through the yard, stopping just a few steps down a trail in the nearby woods. What he was thinking going into the woods, I don't know, especially when he was like, stay out of the woods. It was so hard for me to write that sentence because I didn't know how to like summarize that because it was such a weird move where he goes like because they leave their yard. Mm -hmm. So they go a little bit of a ways and then they go onto a trail, but only like a few steps into the woods. It was hard for me to like describe that in just a few, just like a sentence because it's like really strange move. Like, why didn't he just. Because we'll see he was trying to, like, make sure she got back safe. But then, like... Like, why take her in the woods at all? Why take her in the woods at all? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, she could see the house so she could get back home. Like, dump her on her porch. What does it matter? Right. Yeah, You know when Daddy Swan's coming or not. Like, it's not like he's going to sneak up on you or something if you want to avoid that. It's weird. I feel like that would be a moment that I would want to read in Edward's point of view. 
Uh, because yeah. a lot, because it, I mean, the great thing about Midnight Sun is that it answers a lot of these questions where you're like, what the fuck was he thinking? Right. Um, and, but I don't think Stephanie Meyer's going to do it. I think she said it's no. very depressing to write Edward's point of view. And I don't think she should. I think, it, <laughs> I think it starts to become gimmicky and it starts to be a little like taking money out of your your fans hands a little bit like i don't think she would have that intention which is why she's not doing it but it gets a little hacky after a while and then Mm -hmm. you're just kind of redoing the same books over and over and as an author she probably doesn't want to like revisit every book you know right right right, but but i feel like for this scene i feel like she needed to uh set up some things with uh the quaaludes 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 oh oh i see and that's why she we'll get to that and i think she that needed Bella to be in danger or something, so I think that's a little bit of a forced uh, plot thing. Yeah. But you know, it's forgivable. It's just yeah. awkward. It just doesn't. It just doesn't ring true. <laughs> just doesn't to make any Edward's sense. point. Yeah, because like, he's like trying to keep her safe, but like, I don't know. He, w- I, I'd see him doing this like at a park or like in their right. backyard by like but, I mean, a swing it, set or something. It, I mean, it's technically right in her backyard. It just happens to be heavily wooded. Right, but then why can he just be in her backyard? Anyways, Anyways. we've gone way too long. This <laughs> um, so. Edward Leans. Okay, I included Edward Leans, by the way, because it just, I think it really gives a, a feeling, a mood, an attitude to the scene. Oh, yeah. He's definitely portraying himself. Like, he's, he's, he's trying acting, to act nonchalant. You know? I think that, like, really tells you something, like, how, how much he's trying to act like he doesn't care. Right. So. That is a really good point. That's, I'm just because it's a weird detail to leave in. Yeah. So I just want to. No, I like that. that. So Edward leans against a tree and (laughs) drops the bomb, so to speak. And we're not talking about hot ones, guys. Calm down. No. Come come on. Calm down. Even though that is pretty shitty to do to someone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It would be worse if you just like poured the bomb in her mouth. God damn it. Um, Well, Spencer, what does he tell her? He says, Oh, we're leaving, eh? No. In it? No. He says, we're going. Is that your Edward? Bella, we're going. And All of us. <laughs> Bella somehow thinks that when he says he we're leaving, that he includes her, like her and him <laughs> together still. She's um, like, oh, right now I'll, I haven't packed. <laughs> <laughs> Poor like, girl. Like, we're laughing now, but like, goddamn. How, how devastating what she realizes, but oh my God. how stupid she ever thought. <laughs> <laughs> Again, my sweet summer child. You could say that 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 vague line you could say about Bella at any point. Like <laughs> how sad when she realized, but how stupid that she ever thought. It's tragic, but of course, who's who's who knows how either one of us would react to like a supernatural being? You know, like maybe he's like physically changing her. I state think of I mind. would still know when I'm being dumped. Who knows? Who knows? I would still know when someone's about to break up with maybe me. Maybe she's just in denial. No, that she's definitely in denial. Okay, um, not Denali. That's where Jasper is. Yes. So Edward <laughs> corrects her and says, "No, it is the Cullens who are leaving. You are going to stay here." Um, and yes, all of the Cullens, including Edward. At this point, then Bega, 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 Bega Bells, Bega Bell. Bella begs for him to stay with her, but no emotion escapes his face. Coldly, he tells her to forget about him and promises for this to be the last time she sees him. Doubt. Before he goes, he makes one stupid fucking... Asshole request. (laughs) Final request for Bella to keep herself safe and not do anything reckless. And then he has to make himself even more of a dick when he goes because i don't want charlie to be upset if you get hurt fuck off man Shut up. just do the Shut job up. and go. go 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 away um so. we're just kind of mad because like you're hurting our girl bella you didn't have to throw in the like no like be safe but only because like i don't want daddy swan to be yeah, upset go fuck yourself we really dude. connected that one time we watched sports center <laughs> um but they were watching sports center when sports center was good sports center is crap now Hot I said take. it. Hot take. <laughs> Hot take over here. Sportsman has gone way downhill. Anyways. Anyways. All of um, ESPN, really. So then before he leaves, uh, Edward places a kiss to her forehead um, and then disappears with only a small breeze left behind. Small breeze. <laughs> Numb and shaken, Bella futilely follows the trail deeper in the woods in a desperate attempt to find Edward. I, I was thinking she was following off the trail. Like he disappeared off the trail. And she I think it said she goes deeper. down the trail. Oh, okay. Either way, 
She walks for hours in circles, stumbling over the thick wooded path. Something catches her foot and sends her crashing into the ground. It's nighttime now, and Bella has lost the will to keep going. So she lays there in the dank... <laughs> dank? I mean, it can be dank. She lays there in the damp earth, letting time pass her by. She notices the intensity of the darkness, and she can't find any light around her, not even from the sky. It must be a new moon. She said it. She said the thing. I mean, she, she thought it. She thought it. She thought the thing. We, it, that's the title of the that's book. That's the title. New moon. <laughs> it's a new moon out. Holler. Which is interesting, considering who finds her. Yeah. Well, uh, from far away, Bella hears someone call her name, but she doesn't recognize the voice. Bella. And after a moment, the Bella. calls stop. <laughs> a while later, they come back louder than before. Bella. Then a new sound. But but but. Bella hears the distinct sounds of an animal close by. She doesn't know what it is, but can tell it's getting big. It's not getting big. <laughs> I misread that. <laughs> You're writing your own fanfic now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I ruined the whole bit, but that's fine. As you can no, tell, it's, it's getting big <laughs> and getting No, closer. you said it again. You said <laughs> it's getting big again. <laughs> no, it is big and it's getting closer. <laughs> oh my God, that's all stated. <laughs> <laughs> I was so like into You were so it confident when you said it again. God damn it. Okay. The mysterious creature goes away, and a moment later, a dim light breaks through the darkness. A man approaches and asks her if she's been hurt. He introduces himself as San Ule. Yuli. Yuli? Yuli. It needs to be an umlaut there. Sam Yuli. <laughs> Sam Yuli, a member of the werewolf, uh, I mean, uh, Quailute tribe. Quilute. Damn. Not Quaalude. I keep doing. <laughs> I made it. that joke too many times. Now that's how I actually say it. Quaalude. Quillute. 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 Like quilt. Quillute. Yes. <laughs> he introduces himself as Sam Uli, a member of the Were- Uli. Damn it! I can only keep one pronunciation in my head at a time. <laughs> he he introduces himself as Sam Uli, a member of the Werewolf. Uh, I mean Quillute tribe. My timing of that joke is terrible because I was so focused on pronunci- <laughs> pronouncing them right. I almost said pronouncing them. <laughs> God damn. Uh, Quilute tribe sent by Charlie. I was so thrown off. I was like, Charlie? <laughs> Who's the, Charlie? Who the fuck is Charlie? Sent by Charlie to find her. He brings her back to Daddy Swan, who has set up an entire search party to find Bella. Understandably. Yeah, she went I mean, missing. Right, she was completely After, yeah, gone. Yeah, and he's the chief of police. He can make that call. He, yeah, he could just do that. And, yeah, and all of his buddies will be down there to help. Right, and he he's got a bunch of werewolves. I mean, um, Native Americans at his disposal to track people. <laughs> uh, he takes her home, where they're joined by Sam and two other members of the Quileute tribe, along with the Newtons. For some reason, I don't I know think why. It's the... just like uh, it, the call went out, like we can't find Bella. Please help. Yeah. And and he probably asked. Because she was working the oh, other day, true, or she true. she probably just said, "Oh, Is, hey, ha- have you seen her?" Yeah, yeah, like so they probably. Fair enough. Yeah, you're right. Along with the Newtons, including the simp, and <laughs> a doctor, but not unfortunately Carlisle. Not Carlisle, unfortunately for sure. The not as handsome or as young and thrilling to look at uh, Honestly, doctor. He, like just a waste of space. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> this guy. <laughs> he checks, but he's nice. Anyways, uh, Dr. Jurundi, I think is how you pronounce his name, he checks out Bella and decides that she's okay. Um, just probably tired, you know, a little heartbroken, but a little dehydrated, she's alive. Probably. Before leaving, he mentions, can't say the name out loud, otherwise it'll upset Bella, leaving, the Collins leaving, after getting a sudden offer from a hospital in L.A. Los Angeles, not uh, Louisiana. For anyone who's confused. (laughs) The rest of the volunteers leave um, as well as Bella drifts in and out of sleep, still in the living room. Getting her wet fucking clothes on everything. I know. (laughs) Let her change. (laughs) A while later, Daddy Swan gets a call. 
which I, I really like how that's described because she can like hear all the musings of and like of mm-hmm. Charlie like getting up, answering the phone, sitting back down, answering the phone, saying the same shit over right, and over right, again, cause... and then finally gets into the bed and then or gets into the couch or whatever, and then oh, the phone rings again. He has yeah. to get up, but this time it's different. It's not asking about Bella. What? Because he answered it, he's like, "Oh, she's fine." They're like, "No." There's other crimes. Um, there are reports of multiple bonfires around the reservation. The Quileutes are celebrating the Cullens finally leaving their land. Wow. When they first uh, started talking about that and you're saying a fire, I thought the Cullens burned down their house. And I was like, <laughs> that's not necessary. No, no, no. Didn't no. need to do that, but makes sense. Yeah. And why were the Quileutes so happy? Well, who's to say? We'll find out, I guess. Daddy Swan reveals he knew where to look for Bella because of the note she left. What note? Bella didn't yeah, leave a note. Yeah, Bella Who's didn't write a note. But apparently we know that Edward is a good calligrapher. Colifogger. <laughs> when he also learned that Carlisle had suddenly left town, he worried Edward had done something to her. Like, I mean, rightly so, right? I mean, th- that's a natural it. conclusion. She's gone. It's always the husband. I mean, honestly, it usually is. Uh, Bella heads to her room where she finds that Edward's CD and all the pictures that have him in it are gone. Edward had kept his promise to make it seem as if he had never existed. Which, what a fucking dick. I don't know. I feel like... I feel like that was unnecessary. I like to have, like, tokens and reminders. Like, I have a little little box of, of yeah. like, things that, like, yeah, I don't go through, but I have them. Right, because memories are memories are special. Like, you keep that, like, cast mold of your ex-boyfriend's penises. <laughs> I do not. But, like, I don't, I don't find that, like... I'm not self-conscious about that. Is that is not true, everybody. But yeah, no, totally. Like, and also, I think that makes it like worse. Like, I think trying yeah. to just completely forget someone existed is worse than like just them not being in your life. Yeah, and like, like just like a because pre- like she's not unless you could actually like wipe her memory, she's not gonna actually forget she's never about you. Forget. You're a fucking vampire, Edward. She, the the odds you she's gonna meet another one changed her entire worldview. She, you've thrown all of like her understanding of the world out the window like yeah, she's, she's not, not gonna, gonna forget, forget you. about you so like let's just like t- go ahead and take that off the table bro i'm just gonna say this whole decision overall bad choice from uh, hard i get where it's coming look, from look from my boy eddie yeah but, yeah i mean but, you can't you're leaving this girl in shambles right you just I get There's what he's a trying to do. Way to do it he could have left her and done this and kept her safe or whatever which i understand that but you did it in the worst way that's going to lead to what I think is going to lead to in this in this book, which is not good for Bella. Okay. You only well, made things worse for her. Can't wait to hear that prediction. All right. Chapter four, Waking Up. I'm waking up. I feel it in my bones. I heard that every time I read that title or wrote it. <laughs> I don't know why. Months pass by as Bella sleepwalks through life numbing herself of every feeling to hide the pain of Edward's absence. By January, Daddy Swan has had enough, and he tells her that she's going to live with her mom in Jacksonville. Bella protests, saying it's her last semester of high school, but Charlie can't stand to to watch her let her life waste away like that. To appease him, she agrees to socialize more. Later in class, she asks Jessica, of all fucking people, to hang out with her after school. Jess is reluctant since Bella has basically ignored her for four months, but ultimately she agrees. I want to point out, excellent job by Meyer with the um, end the chapter. The next page says January. Yes. Flip the page. February. February. Yeah. March. Or, or or it starts in October, sorry. Yeah. So you, you end the chapter, it goes October, and then you flip it, November, December. Just, I, I love I love when um authors find a way to use, like, the page, use the text mechanically like that, and yes. find interesting ways to use the physical text to tell you something. It's, there's not a whole lot you can do with it, so whenever someone does find an interesting way to do it, so effective, I loved yeah. it. It, like, hit me, because you just turn the page and october and you're like oh shit november and then you just keep going all the way to january yeah so effective gene like best best thing she's done so far i loved it It, instead of being like four months past right right which could have been done well where you're like 
it was January now. You know, like yeah. something more. She could have done it in a way that was fine, and I wouldn't have ever like thought twice no, about but it. I really but like, like that, the artsiness ugh, of it. So good, so effective. It makes you feel that time as you turn each page, yeah. and it's just the one word. So good, so good. I would loved you consider it. that like almost poetry? Um, not poetry in itself but it does the thing poetry will do is use the physical space of the words yeah. to elicit a response and get, but that's more in the meter of poetry okay and, and that kind of more dictates how you read it this this i don't even know what you would call it but it, there's a few authors that would do something like like john green his first book looking for alaska this is slightly different but um each chapter was in the first spoilers kind of not big spoilers, but his first book, each chapter in the first half was uh, such and such number of days until. Mm. So it was like 300 days till. And then oh, you keep going okay. every chapter. It's like 100. And you don't know the whole time what you're counting, counting down, down to. to. And then the second half of the book, when the thing happens, it's like five days after, 10 days after, mm. whatever. And that's such a very, oh, just a, just one of those things I'm like, man, I wish I could have thought of it. Just a genius use of the page in like the mechanics of a book yeah. to uh, make a point or elicit a response. Really well done. I love when authors do shit like that. So good. Yeah. That was a great answer, by the way. To what? To my question. Oh, that to I the asked. poetry question. I yeah. forgot you even asked a question. I was talking for so long. <laughs> well, it's your turn. Jessica and Bella drive to Port A, Port Angeles. Yes. Not our Port A. No. <laughs> to see a movie. On the way there, they get the surprising news that Jessica went on a date with chess club Eric. Good for her. She's moving up. She's finding the right man. Good for him, I guess. Well, good for him, too. But Eric already is, like, a good guy. You're right. Good dude. Just good on Jessica for seeing through the simps of the world and going, hey, and this is not before you attack me. This is not, like, an incel thing. Like, I'm not saying, like, every good guy, like, a girl should date a guy just because he's nice or whatever like that's not what i'm saying it's just mike sucks but eric i like eric good on both of them but we learn that uh it was actually only a pity date and once again we get to highlight jessica's terrible taste in men <laughs> according to you uh you're saying the simp no, was a good no, choice no i agree he's like going after bella jessica was always a second thought she's good for her you're right yeah no and eric may may be a weirdo and not good for her either so right. that's fine i'm just saying i that was only mentioned so far of Chess Club Eric, and I miss him. I love him <laughs> so much. And not the movie version where he's cool. <laughs> My Eric doesn't fuck. And that's canon. <laughs> they catch the twilight, get it, screening, <laughs> of a new zombie film, thinking it would be at least, thinking it would be the least likely to remind Bella of, of Edward and her you know, relationship. Unfortunately, the romance-heavy beginning of the movie makes Bella miss most of the film, pretending she's going to get popcorn. <laughs> Afterwards, they walk to a McDonald's to get dinner. I just establish that they're walking. Oh. Yeah, it was a McDonald's product placement. Afterwards, they walk to a restaurant to get dinner. But along the way, Bella notices a group of shady-looking men standing outside a bar across the street. Hmm, I wonder what's going to happen. How inviting. Yeah. Bella thinks the men are the same ones that Edward rescued her from a year ago. And for reasons she can't explain, her body moves her towards the group of men. What? What? But as she approaches, a voice booms into her head. Bella, it's me, Edward. (laughs) It's Edward, ordering her to stop and go back. She knows he's not there, but the voice is unmistakable. Somehow, Edward was speaking to her. What? What? She listens to his order and finally goes back to a, an exasperated Jessica, who's just sitting there. She slowly like walks towards She's this like, group what of men. What the fuck are you doing? What's she doing? She having an episode? Like what? The two eat and drive back home. Jessica, understandably mad at Bella, <laughs> and then Bella, once she goes in, has the line. I'd forgotten her by the time I was inside. It's like, you just put this girl through. Yeah, like, Bella, you're a terrible friend. (sighs) Terrible friend. I get you're going through a lot, but shitty friend. (laughs) Once alone in a room, the numbness she had been relying on for so long was receding, and the pain seeped in in full force. But she realized that she could bear it. Pain wasn't any less potent, but she had grown strong enough to face it head on. Apply directly to the forehead. Chapter 5 cheater he cheated cheater cheater (laughs) it's a slow day at the sports store and simp tells bella she can leave early instead of going home she mindlessly drives around forks she dreads the idea of going home to an empty house and the recurring nightmare waiting for her when she goes to sleep 
Every night, she has the same dream of wandering around an endless forest, devoid of anything except for trees and moss. And every night, she searches around for the, in the woods until realizing there is nothing to find. And then she wakes up screaming. Feeling panic rising up in her, Bella stops her truck to regain her composure. While stopped, she notices two dilapidated motorcycles next to a for sale sign across the street. She remembers her father's words after seeing countless young kids die in traffic accidents, telling her motorcycles are, quote, stupid and reckless. Which he is definitely not wrong. Oh, no, absolutely, 100%. Like, terrible choice. Like, I get the enjoyment of them. Like, I'm not going to say, like, they're not fun. But, yeah, terrible. They're just very unsafe. Very. But suddenly, stupid and reckless is exactly what Bella wants right now. Interesting. Huh. Huh. Just girl, just tie like a blue streak in your hair, or cut, cut it like get a pixie. <laughs> That's cut. what I'd fucking do. I, I did bangs. That's what I did last time. You went keto after a breakup, which was like a great choice. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. You were telling me you like went like really hard on a diet after you and um Fernando went up. Like you wouldn't even eat beans. Like you're going like no carbs. Oh, I guess I did. Yeah. <laughs> Not on purpose, though. I guess I don't know. Oh. Maybe. No, maybe I did. I guess I didn't realize it was keto. It was just like, Well, oh yeah, God, you weren't calling it car. keto, but you were going like, no, I guess Atkins, as they used to call it. Yeah. I actually love the Atkins. <laughs> I mean, it's just keto. Frozen meals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, she feels silly for trying so hard to keep her promise to Edward when he didn't do the same for her. I'm like, yeah, what did she owe him? Yeah, what the? Who exactly. gives a shit what, yeah, he, no. what, what he asked her? Ladies, you don't have to do a goddamn thing a man God tells you to do, especially if he thing. leaves you right afterwards. Is he like, leaves you right after. <laughs> you're, you're slurring a bit there, baby. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry. Anyway, she goes up to the front door of the house that she recognizes as the Marxes. The Marxes. One of the younger Mark boys answers, and he tells her, the bikes don't work, but you can have them for free. She helps load them into Bella's truck, and she hurries home. There, she calls Daddy Swan to get directions to the Blacks' home. The Blacks' family. That's their last name. They're not African American. No. They're indigenous. At the house, she's greeted by Jacob. Jingum, oh my god. Oh, now even taller and more handsome. For the for the record, I put the word handsomer in the script. Jess isn't that drunk. A real beefcake of a boy. Also Spencer's writing. Mm-hmm. He excitedly invites her inside where she has a surprisingly normal interaction with uh, his dad, Billy Black. Man, on the opposite end of the spectrum from like the the heart wrenching breakup stuff, I man that excitement when like the girl you liked like wants to hang out with you. Oh my god! You're feeling that as a kid, you're yes. like, yes, you're just fucking ecstatic. You're like, yes, I'll do anything. All my dreams have come true. I will do anything for you. I will kill a man right now if, <laughs> if you will like just look at my balls. <laughs> Jacob shows her the car he's working on a 1986 Volkswagen Rabbit. Everybody, get your get your own copy. Get your rabbits. While he's working, Bella asks if he could maybe possibly fix a couple motorcycles she kind of picked up recently, offering one of them as payment. Jacob agrees, but tells her they're going to have to buy parts for them. They may be they may be pretty expensive. And they might be kind of expensive. What's Bella to do? She only has a shitty part-time job. Well, Bella tells him, that's ah, not a problem. I can just, uh, she could just take... Money out of her college fund. College schmollage. Just she literally says college schmollage <laughs> in italics. God, Bella's making some bad choices. I know. Jacob nods in <laughs> approval, and the two begin their secret scheme to get Bella to ruin her own life. Yeah. What? I Could love not think it. of a worse thing to tell your like if you were to tell your parents a plan. I can't think of much besides like getting pregnant intentionally. Like I'm gonna take money on my college fund to repair a dilapidated motorcycle. Two of them. Not even buying a motorcycle. I'm gonna <laughs> fix an old one, which is, I would assume, less safe. <laughs> Notice she hasn't bought a helmet yet. No. There's a lot of information that we learned in these chapters, Spencer. So I'd like to ask you, what have you learned this week about? vampires or the story and do you have any predictions for what's to come i have quite a bit of both actually this is uh as i started writing it this is um 
kind of a uh, sneakily a lot going on in this episode besides the obvious breakup, but like as far as like lore and like background. Right. Um, so first, uh, we kind of mentioned it in our uh, summary, but Jasper goes away to Nolly, the same place Edward goes to or went to in Twilight. Yeah. Which I guess is just they're kind of treating as a vampire rehab, and <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if like that at vampire families is like getting annoyed with them. Like, well, it's just like oh, the only other family that like. Right, I know, <laughs> but still, it's just like, well, go to Denali. <laughs> so I'm I'm a bit confused. So if they could only stay in Forks for a few years, how come they have like this like ancient contract with the the Quileutes? So they used to live in Hoquim. 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 It's like a nearby town in the area. They used to live there, and while there, they came across the wolves, mm. and they made a pact. Okay. And then they moved to back to the area, different city, right. in Forks, mm-hmm. and they made the pact with men who were dead, and so they had come back to, like, essentially Billy Black and, and the generation, like, gotcha. below... They made a deal with the kings whose whose head is now in a basket. Would you like to take it out and ask it? Uh, uh, should we honor our contract, King Louis' head? I don't know. He's super dead. Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm super dead. Uh, do whatever you want. I'm, I'm super, super dead. dead. <laughs> but so so they're like, well, the, all the people we made deals with are dead now, and also all the other Native Americans. So I guess we can go back. Exactly. All right. Okay. I was I was a bit confused about that, and that cleared it up. Um. I lit and we talked about this already, but I legit thought Edward and and Car- uh, not Carla Charlie. I'm so I'm so not used to seeing the word Charlie. <laughs> it's throwing me off. I uh, were like hypnotized or something. They're acting so strange. Um, but you know, Edward's just being a dick. Yeah, I think it was just like to imply like something's off. And then so this is a discussion, but also a theory. Um, I think there's a moment when Edward's breaking up with her, and the whole time he's talking about. Like his eyes being like a topaz color, and I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later. Mm. Uh, but, but there's a moment when his eyes change color for a second, and I think that's Edward kind of implanting a bit of himself in her mind that will trigger when she's in dangerous situations, and that's what's happening. So let me read the line. Okay. As I watched, and this is while Edward's breaking up with Bella. Okay. As I watched, his frozen eyes melted. The gold became liquid again, molten, burning into mine with an intensity that was overwhelming. And then they go right back. So I think that moment, like he was looking into her and he's like being himself. I think maybe he did something with her mind. I don't know. I may be overanalyzing it, but because he's doing something where he's able to follow her and know she's in danger, but he can't read her thoughts, right? Right. Well, it's just like a hallucination, I think. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It seems pretty distinct. That'd be really. Bella's cool, not though, treating it as a hallucination. Like a, that's yeah. that's Edward talking to her in, in her head. Hmm. 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 I can't tell if you're trying to hide like a major plot point or if I'm like very wrong. We'll find out. Hmm. Also, like he seems to maybe be able to read her mind for a second. I think he just kind of understands. That's what I'm guessing. That's what I'm guessing, but I was also wondering if, like, the reason he couldn't read her mind is because, like, he was in love with her, or, like, there's, like, a connection there, and once he, like, severs that internally, he could read her mind, but I don't think that's it. I think he just yeah. kind of guessed. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, the Quileutes who found Bella were tracking her as werewolves. That's not... Mm-hmm. I I'm, think that's what I... I mean, it's not a prediction, as, but, yeah. like, that. I mean, like, that's not so much a prediction as, like, I mean, that seems to be clear what they're setting up. Yeah. And so, for my true predictions... Uh, Bella is trying to put herself in danger to, like, get Edward's attention, basically, because he's, like, implanted in her mind or something like that. Or at least he recognizes when he when she's in danger, and that's what she's trying to do, and that's going to be kind of going forward. But as she's doing that, she realizes how much she loves abs. I mean, Jacob. <laughs> um, and, like, as they're, like, building the motorcycles. And so, like, she's going to be, the conflict's going to be like, oh, do I go with Jacob? Even though I'm trying to do this thing to get Edward's attention. But actually, like, this guy's, like, not, like fucking asshole right <laughs> uh but she'll get roped back into saving edward at some point probably because alice comes and like tells her like edward's gonna do this dumb thing like we need to save him because alice is the one connected to her mm. and i think that's and she's gonna be like there's gonna be like a thing where jacob's like you're really gonna go all the way to the to fucking italy to save this sparkly boy when i'm like right here and she's like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> okay 
and then and then I think Edward is trying to kill himself, like he's gonna go to the the the, the Valtori. 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 Yep. He's going to go there to kill himself because Bella keeps trying to, like, fucking put herself in danger and he has to keep, like, saving her. And he's like, oh, this whole thing where I was, like, trying to get out of – this whole thing where I was trying to leave her life to keep her safe is not working because she's being fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and then I still think Jacob doesn't know he's a werewolf. I think that's going to come up. Hmm. I don't know. He doesn't act – I don't know. I guess I guess I wouldn't know how he would act, but it seems like he wouldn't know just based on it. Interesting. Uh, So at the store with Mike – uh, when Mike tells her to go home, the simp goes tells her to go home early. There's two uh, hikers. hikers talking about this big old bear, big thing. old bear. And so that's I'm wondering if that's gonna be. I'm soft predicting this because I don't, I'm not really sure. But that um, there's gonna be a werewolf villain or antagonist in this book, and that's like in a way it kind of mirrors because we're going to I think we're going to be introduced to a lot of the werewolf lore and okay. learn about them and their culture and I think maybe it's like mirroring the first book where we mostly learn about vampires are we only we haven't learned anything about werewolves yet actually technically mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we learn about vampires and we get a vampire villain as like our main antagonist it won't be our main antagonist cuz the main conflict will be Edward in the Vatican but gotcha. but something I wanted to say but that's all my predictions Excellent prediction. Our girl scratching at the door. <laughs> What's that noise? Yeah, it's weird. It sounds like a like a what? <laughs> sounds like a like cars going by. Oh my god, we're on the road to pretension. Oh shit. Oh my god. Buckle your seatbelts, watch out. Keep your hands and legs inside the vehicle at all times because we're going down the road to pretension, motherfuckers. Fuck yeah. It's the road to pretension where we take one major theme and one major text yes. and see how they apply to the Twilight Saga, New Moon, yes. chapters three through five. All right. And we begin with our major theme, which this week is eyes. Interesting. Wow. Where are you going to go with this? I'm curious. Uh, To the face. <laughs> <laughs> In these chapters, but primarily chapter three, eyes play a large thematic role. And and in many works or literary, in many works, literary otherwise, eyes are often used as a type of reveal or a signal to a character's true feelings or intents. Windows to the soul, as you will. Uh, But in the previous book, Edward's eyes changing color were used to signify his rather often changing moods. And like I talked about last week, as an audience, we've already been primed to understand the significance of Edward's eyes in this way. If you don't remember in the last book, Edward, when he had when his eyes were like a dark color, he was kind of moody and kind of grumpy, kind of like an addict, you know, going cold turkey or something. But right. when they were a ochre, ochre, ochre color, uh, gold color for us, you know. <laughs> normies normies uh that was when he'd recently fed but he was in a good mood and he was kind of happy right and so when in chapter three bella notes uh on their change quote there was something buried in his eyes that i couldn't be sure and it scared me well we feel the same dread that she does because we know the significance of edward's eyes and how they relate to his own mood yeah even when edward tries to hide his inner turmoil his eyes betray him A quote I particularly liked says, he smiled my favorite crooked smile, but it was wrong. Mm. It didn't reach his eyes. I think that's telling. Because his smile worked up until the point she looked at his eyes and she knew it wasn't right. I know it's not his eyes, it's how it reached there, but I think the eyes are the significant part there. there. And while the rest of his face came off as at least somewhat normal, his eyes told a very different story. Mm. But like in Twilight, the color of his eyes are, are the most important factor here. Ochre, yes. The difficult to pronounce color that <laughs> signified Edward's good moods and when he was willing to pursue his relationship with Bella is flipped when as the breakup approaches. Quote: His eyes were different, harder, like liquid gold had frozen solid. Damn. And as he plunges the dagger into Bella's heart, telling her he's leaving forever, <sighs> they take on a new color: topaz, cold, hard, and bottomless, mm-hmm. not revealing anything about him. The opposite of the warm glow they had had before. Good point. But the golden eyes 
from before do make a brief return as Edward asks her to promise to be safe. So giving us as an audience, and Belle as well, a small piece of hope to hold on to as we go through the story. Very, very true there. Yeah. So once again, Meyer uses something that she established in the first book to relate to the audience and to kind of give a bit of a jump start into understanding something without having to explain it, which is a very effective thing to do as an author. It's mm-hmm. show, don't tell. You know, mm-hmm. it's a classic thing uh, to say. And it's very well done. And I, I like I agree how she you. uses the eyes again, you know, to really bring home the 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 kind of way you can tell in someone kind of inherently how they're something's wrong absolutely i think she does good with that and i think uh, she uses the eyes as a tool um and i think she also uses dreams as a tool i think those are the two have most heavily relied on right and one's clever and one's a hack (laughs) now to prove that YA can be lit too we're going to take a classic piece of literature lit literature and see how it stacks up to New Moon. Or see how it compares, or see how it relates to New Moon. I'm not trying to say one's better than the other. <laughs> this week, we'll be discussing one of the most controversial and unfairly criticized books of all time. That's right, guys. We're talking about The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. I was trying to get Spencer to kind of let me know what the book was that he was because i i hadn't seen him reading like a book Mm -hmm. usually i'll see him reading the book around uh the week before we record and so i can have a good guess but i had no idea what this was and i gotta say i've read this book enough i read this book enough i didn't have to go back oh i know i've never read this book but i know the whole story because (laughs) you told me oh have i done on this (laughs) ramp before (laughs) we'll get ready to hear it again all right Famous for its liberal use of swear words and possibly being the inspiration for John Lennon's murder. Oh, also that that podcast that I listened to. Yeah, last, po- about. last pod. Yeah. 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 Catcher was not the inspiration to John Lennon's. Like, it didn't cause... No. Uh, what's what's, what's his, his name? Fucking shit. Mark David Chapman. Different Mark three, David uh, Chapman. Different three-word na- three name. Yeah. It did not cause Mark David Chapman to kill John Lennon. If you, learn, if you go and if you learn about the story of that murdered mark david chapman was a very troubled man yeah any book could have gotten him to kill someone yeah a last podcast on the left is a great episode on they that do. so you should check them out but catcher is the story of a of high school student holden caulfield and his angst-filled journey through 1950s new york city the story follows him as he meanders through the town desperately trying to find someone to tell him that the future will be okay and not every adult is a quote-unquote phony but every encounter only confirms his pessimism and depression. It isn't until he connects with his little sister Phoebe that he finds the comfort he's been seeking and for the first time feels optimistic about his future. Mm. It's a great fucking book. <laughs> it's easy to dismiss Holden as a whiny, moody teenager because he is. And I think why so many people can't stand his character is because he's so frustratingly genuine. He wears his emotions on his sleeves, and while they aren't the most nuanced emotions and opinions, the pain he carries is very much real. And as we mentioned before, people are quick to judge YA books in much the same way. Is Bella being overly dramatic and how she's reacting to her breakup? Yeah, I mean, maybe, perhaps. But, especially but again, looking... I do stand by who's to say how anybody will react when they're interacting with a supernatural being. Definitely. And, you know, we're adults now, and... I don't know. I, uh, I remember uh, teenage years are fucking wild, right? And I remember how all encompassing, how just all encompassing those feelings felt at those that age. And while I would never choose to go back to feeling my emotions so intensely, there's an honesty to those feelings that I think gets lost in adulthood. I agree with you, at that and point. I think that's why people are annoyed by Holden Caulfield's character. But I think that's exactly why i love it so much i think it's such a great character Mm. and but in much the same way that holden wanders around new york seeking answers to his fears and hurt bella sleepwalks through her life for months to hide away from her own Mm. for both characters distancing themselves from their lives is a coping mechanism holden holden can't come to terms with the soon Holden can't come to terms with soon having to live in the adult world, and Bella can't face living in the real, living a real life without Edward. On the surface, their actions seem like teenage dramatics sulking because they didn't get what they wanted, but in reality, they are handling intense psychic pain in the only way they know how to. Yeah. 
I agree. And I think it's it's I think acknowledging that psychic pain as genuine is is important. And I yeah. think and it's important for a lot of people. And that's why both these books have stood the test of time in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, the two protagonists also share a preoccupation with controlling time. Last week, we talked about Juliet of and Romeo fame mm-hmm. <laughs> begging the son to stay at bay so that she can stay with Romeo in the night. Holden also wants to stop time. He fears growing up and the loss of innocence that comes with age. His favorite place in New York City is the Natural History Museum. Which would probably be mine, too. I mean, honestly, it is probably <laughs> mine, too. But he likes it for very specific reasons, and that is because... There, the exhibits are unchanging. They're frozen in time. Every time he goes, it's exactly the same as before. The museum is a source of stability, contrasting the unpredictability of the real world. Mm. When Bella's hopes of spending an eternity with Edward are shattered, she doesn't and really can't move on. Mm -hmm. Instead, she enters a state of hibernation, doing the only bare minimum she needs to to survive. She becomes like the exhibits at the museum, unchanging, uncomplicated, and completely predictable. Absolutely. And at at the end of chapter four, Bella feels the numbness waning and the pain she's been running from coming to the forefront. But she can also feel her own life beginning again. Quote, for the first time in a long time, I didn't know what to expect in the morning. Damn. I know. That, that line really hit me, too. Right. And and it's there's a comfort and predictability, but there's also a, a, a feeling of... Uh, being trapped, trapped in that and yeah. in a, in a it's something it's equally scary a, after a point mm-hmm. and while the museum exhibits may be safe even comforting they're not alive no unfortunately pain is a price for the gift of life bella realizes this and holden eventually does too once he's finally able to confront his fears he finds the strength to seek help which eventually leads him to being admitted into a psychiatric ward and it's actually from that ward that Holden narrates the story in Catcher in the Rye. So it's only when he faced with this inner turmoil that he's able to find the words to actually describe it. Mm. And I think that's the beauty of Catcher in the Rye and the beauty of all great books, giving language to the indescribable. That was extremely well put. Thank you. You're welcome. Read Catcher in the Rye. It's actually a very good book. Don't listen to what anyone tells you. It's, it's oh, God, it's a fantastic book. Like, seriously. Uh, well, it's, I'm sold. Yeah, I mean, it's on, and it's a short read. It won't take you long. Just fucking <laughs> read it. You probably have it on your bookshelf right now from back in the you 10th probably, grade. You probably fucking bought it from a half-price books for $3 because <laughs> you had to read it in English class because you got roped into taking AP English because they were like, well, I'll give you plus five in your GPA. And you're like, Whatever. Ours is plus one. Whatever. Anyways. Anyways. Well, that's enough for me. Uh, go read Catcher in the Rye. But <laughs> why don't we exit off this road of pretension and pull up to the rest stop of things you might not have known. I'm going to scroll away before I read anything you wrote. Jessica? Jess? Yes. Jesse? Yes. Tell us something we didn't know. Well, I will. And, uh, you know, in homage to the world's most... Actually, I'm going to back up... Uh, when I was writing this script, I needed to know how to spell the word homage. And the I way I originally, so the, I typed it into Google, right? But I typed in O-H-M-A-G-E, which is a correct spelling for homage. For homage. <laughs> like oh, ohms. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, it's a physics term. Oh, or like electricity oh, like, measuring. Oh, like. Uh, no, not. The homage of a, of a no, circuit an, I think system. it's. Om- yeah, homage or homage. Or homage. homage yeah, it would be homage. Because, uh, you know, you, you measure electricity in ohms. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so Instead of the wattage. I was not homage, right, but homage. I was also not wrong. Hey, um, but homage is spelt H-O-M-A-G-E. Homage. Oh, I knew that. Homage. 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 Ponage. Anyway, so in homage to the world's most uncomfortable girls' night fucking ever. God. And I've I've had a lot of uncomfortable girls' nights, let me tell you. (laughs) Okay. Mostly because they didn't invite me and they didn't know I was there for most of it. Um, I will be doing my little spiel this week on none other than Jessica Stanley herself. I thought you were going to do a spiel on like how like you and like your girlfriend, you're like, uh, I mean, well, we practice kissing. And then like, you're like, uh, I mean, yeah, that's 
and you realize like how badly you would you wanted to kiss your friend and you didn't even realize it the whole time. No. <laughs> you just wanted to you just always wanted to spend time with her. No, right? we're gonna talk about Jessica Stanley. And then you guys finally do kiss and you're you're scared to say <laughs> anything, but it feels different and it feels right. And like you've kissed a lot of boys. Okay, you talked about me having a fucking fanfic with it getting bigger. <laughs> no, this is this isn't a fanfic. This is my own this is just my own uh, little little journey I'm hey, going Spencer, on. Spencer, I have a question for you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that yep, probably Jessica Stanley and I have a few things in common? First name. Okay. So we have the same first name. Anything else? Um hesitant lesbian experiences in high school? No. Mm. We both have dated brown Eric's. hair. No. Oh I yeah, we both dated Eric's in high school. Yeah. Um, we both have brown hair. We are mm. both five foot one. Nice. Great, great height. And we are both originally from the grand old state, Texas. What? Jessica's from Texas? <laughs> She's from Texas. Texas? She's not from some from that good for nothing Dallas, is she? Uh that's right, folks. Stan Jessica Stanley was born in good old Austin, Texas. Ah, uh, yeah, that fits. But her parents relocated to Forks when she was just a young little girl. Oh, good. At least she, um, she didn't know Austin yet. Right. Because otherwise, if she got used to Austin, that'd be very diff- disappointing. <laughs> right. Well, according to the illustrated guide, uh, she still managed to feel like superior about that fact. Like she wasn't oh, yeah. the same as these like small town folk because technically she was born in Austin, Texas. Yeah, she is better than them. <laughs> Bunch of hicks. <laughs> So I should say, upon my research, um, I really get the feeling that Jessica is actually a really shitty person. <laughs> oh, yeah? You took it, how much research did that take? Uh, for I, example, I can tell you it took me zero to realize that. For example, Meyer <laughs> writes, uh, Jessica thinks of Lauren and Angela as her best friends, though she's not loyal to either of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's a fucking, she's a high school girl. Yeah, of course not. She actually only originally befriends Bella for the attention that she could get from it. Yeah, that's fine. Bella was a new girl. Yeah, and Bella sucks too, so So I would say she's uh, definitely described to be not a genuine person. And this is Anna Kendrick's character, right? Yes. Yeah. Here's the thing that you and her have in common. She's an only child. lesbian experience, oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) She's an only child, Uh, except she lives with both her parents. Um, oh, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Jeez, way to open that wound up. Um, Goddamn. I, I mentioned that because Meyer really only talks mentions her mom and not her dad. Like oh, I know her mom like... works at a bank, and I don't know anything about. I don't even know her father's name. Like he's not mentioned in the books at all. Mm. Where I think Mrs. Stanley might have been referenced at some point in this right. whole endeavor. I'm not sure. I can't pinpoint it. Yeah. Um, and so she was included in the illustrated guide. And so that's why oh, I said nice. she lives with both parents, but I only know inf- information about her mom. Um, and They're her mom, emotionally separated to her parents. Probably. I imagine her, mo- I, her mom drinking wine a lot. Well, a she's lot a town wine. gossip. So, yeah. She works at a bank. Oh yeah, um, She's drunk. and they live in a pretty large house for like the area um, to the west of Forks, and apparently the view from their attic extends all the way to the coast, which I imagine must be quite lovely. Yeah, but also not necessarily impressive. I, we've been to Washington. There's a lot of hills and mountains. True. You could just happen to be on a get a house in a place where you can see really far because. It's a mountainous I mean, range. Be like that sometimes. Yeah, but um, if so, you got a place you could see all Corpus, that's impressive. It's, <laughs> no, it's, all it's, of it's all sea is level. Nothing. Yeah, right. But there's nothing above it. Like there's no way up. I guess you're right. It's only flat and flat. Anyways, that's all I had to say, Mister Negative Nancy. So uh, that's it for us, Spencer. Can you tell the people what we have to look forward to next week? Nope. Good. Next week we're gonna be doing. <laughs> Three more chapters. Three more chapters. Three more chapters. Uh, yeah, we're going to be doing six through nine. Nine. Three, six, nine. Damn, she's fine. Yep, that one. Uh, yeah, next chapters. But in the meantime, guys, feel free to message us. We'd love to hear from you guys uh, on social media or at our email, twilightpod at gmail.com. If you want to find us on social media, you can go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of it. It's all under Twilight Pod. We got every domain we could find. Hell yeah. 
Uh, TikTok. Shout out to Alex Chavez and a big thank you. Um, he did our intro song. If you're mm-hmm. interested for more, you can always check him out on Facebook at Vintage Attire Music. That's right. Once again, thank you guys for listening. And remember, read Catcher in the Rye. It's really good. Don't let everyone tell you that it's like whiny bullshit. If you think about it, if you like really read it and analyze it, it's a fantastic book. Read it now. And uh, don't suck. Bye. you had shit on your arm that whole time yeah thanks i was like what well is once that? i realized it wasn't a bug i thought mm, eh, it's fine yeah we no can- harm no foul <laughs> that's fair that's fair because that was my thought process like is that a bug no nope. all right <laughs> i don't i didn't want to interrupt you. no that's fair i i would have done the same well good shit babe